Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. I'm your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support with Family and Consumer Sciences Extension. Our Family and Consumer Sciences Extension program is housed in the Martin Gatton College of Agriculture, Food, and Environment. My guest today is Dr. David Weisenhorn, our Extension Specialist for Parenting and Child Development. Welcome, David. Ah, Thank you for having me. David, thanks for coming back to help us pick through and discuss how social media affects child well-being. This is a continuation of our discussion from a previous recording. Yeah, for sure. Now, and I think it's important to know that it's not always the fault of a child or a young person. And that's why I'm, I'm really urging parents to step up and really step into the gap and supervise like we haven't before, because it's easy to let children do to, to kind of what I would say, pacify them. Right? right. I mean, if we're looking at social media and we know it and the reality is, is that social media platforms are de- often designed to maximize user engagement, right. right? That potential to encourage the success of use and, and later behavioral dysregulation. And that is what's happening is that we ourselves find it ourselves scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. It's just the same for our children. And if we're not trying to curb our own behaviors, it's very difficult to begin to curb our children's behaviors. Well, and David, if we can think about um, all of the social media platforms as a menu, just like we think of our food that we eat as a menu, we don't op- open the refrigerator and the pantry to the kids and say, this is what's available. You get what you want and you fix your own food. We develop a plan. We help them figure out what they're going to eat for out throughout the day and probably throughout the week. So maybe we also need to help them develop a plan for what they're going to consume digitally to, to feed their mind. I the love same it. way we do their body. I love I absolutely agree with you. And I think that comes through these conversations we have to have with our kids. We've got to communicate what our expectations are. And so I think being able to say, hey, no, you can't do that. You aren't going to be able to use this platform. I know in my daughter's life, we have done that. We've restricted so much of the social media. She doesn't have social media and it has cost her friendships. It has reduced her social circle as a middle schooler, not Snapchatting (laughs) leaves you out of a lot of chats. (laughs) You don't get the goods. And it's probably not no, I mean, well, I tell you what, we're willing to roll the dice on that. Yeah. And, and that was a risk that we're willing to take. And let me tell you, my daughter is not excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> it is not an easy task and it's not a one and done. Hey, I said, you can't have that. It's a daily checking her phone. Yes. And listen, I've gotten a lot of pushback, Mindy, from wait, wait a minute. That's, that's a breach of privacy. No. You're talking about. And I said, wait, yeah, like, wait a minute. Like I'm not privacy is using the bathroom and taking a shower and being able to change clothes without anybody seeing you. Mm -hmm. I'm all about that. I'm 100% for that. But as far as looking at who's taking, who's, who's chatting with my daughter and what's being said, 
oh yeah, I'm looking at that. Yeah. And I think that's inspiring because when I grew up, we had one phone in our house. Exactly. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> and we it was one upstairs, one downstairs. That's right. And that was in the, the common space. <laughs> yes. So when you got on the phone with your friends, everybody in the living room got to hear your conversation. Yep. That wasn't a breach of privacy, right? At that point, it was a privilege. And so now we're calling it a breach of privacy. And I think there are so many stories that you read of how social media has gone poorly and has created or perhaps caused the loss of a life, Yes. right? Suicides are also spiked right now. And there's a plethora of reasons why they are. But there have been some cases there. A lot of that has been social media, what do I want to say, maybe aggravated or encouraged in some ways. And so you hear those stories and, and you also get to hear parents say, well, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm not shaming a parent at all for that. I think in some ways that's the problem with some of these social media spots like Snapchat is those chats go away. Mm-hmm. So you, if you can't get on there and see what people are really saying. Right. And so there are things where you say, well, to me, that risk is too great. Therefore, I'm not going to allow you to yeah. do that. Well, and I don't want to really, maybe I do want to call it the secret life of teens or the secret life of preteens. Mm-hmm. There were lots of things that happened that we didn't always share. Oh, Sure. That still happens, mm-hmm. but it's much more detrimental now, it seems like. And yeah, I mean, there are things that I am not proud of that I did as a teenager right. or a preteen. <laughs> but thankfully, I remember those things. Yeah. Um, and I hope that it made me a better parent mm-hmm. um, and made me recognize that my children were not angels. And I did not believe every time they said, oh, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> so Yeah, you know, and, and I appreciate that because I think that's part of it, is being patient and supportive. We're talking about kids who, who aren't able to do well with behavioral regulation. They're not good at being able to look down the road and predict what's coming, right? Mm-hmm. They're not good at saying, I understand what the consequences of my behaviors are going to be. They don't do that very well. And that's not a sign of a child who's not intelligent or has cognitive difficulties. What that's a sign of is that that's a team that that their brain isn't fully developed. That's it. That's absolutely normal. So patience and support is what it's going to take. And a lot of times I see parents that want to behaviorally or, or what I say, motivationally restrict something. I'll take your phone if you don't make it back in time for curfew, or if you talk, poorly to me, or if you lose your, your control, you lose your, your temper in a conversation, I'm going to take your phone. And, and I understand why you want to do that. It's very motivationally driven. Like I'm going to motivate you to change your behavior. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is the problem is, is developmental. It's not because they don't want to, it's because they don't have the capacity to do the things you're asking them to do. And so remediating the behavior giving them more opportunities to meet those things to help drive home what it is they need to learn is better than trying to restrict a device or take a device away. Well, and sometimes we need to remember that our 13-year-olds aren't a whole lot different from our three-year-olds. Yeah. And that we just have to sometimes repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, and that's frustrating, I know. As parents, it's hard to do. But we have a job to do. That's That's, it. Our, that's our responsibility. And I remember during the NCAA basketball tournament, um, Charles Barkley 
made a statement that I thought was profound. And I can't say that I've heard a lot of profound statements from Charles Barkley, (laughs) but he was talking about uh, the relationship between one of the players and his father. And he said, that man parents him. The problem today is that we have too many parents who want to be their child's friend. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Amen, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are exactly right. <laughs> yes. And, and I, you know what I alluded to that earlier is that you will not be popular among mm-hmm. your children. You will find resistance. Yeah. And, and that's okay. You should find, expect that resistance. Expect the fact that they're not going to like it. They don't have to like it. There were several things that my, my parents did for me when I was younger or didn't really allow me to do, or should yes. I say, that I now am so grateful Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I and I think it most parents listening would probably find themselves in that category that there yeah. was something that was restricted from them when they were young that now as they grow up, they they later thank their parent for. That's what it is. It's and delayed. We still love them. That's it. It's delayed <laughs> gratification. That's what my I told my I told my daughter. She was like, I'm so mad. You make me so mad. And I was like, that is my job. <laughs> my job. And I'm gonna my job is to make you mad and you're gonna not like me, and that's okay. Like, and, and I've accepted that position. I've accepted that role, that responsibility. And so you got to live it out. Is it easy? No, it's not no, easy. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Sometimes the, the music to a parent's ears are hearing, I'm so mad at you because you won't let me do whatever that yeah. you know as a parent is not good for that child. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to give some other, I want to give some, some ideas of what I think parents can begin to do. One of them for sure, is parental controls. We're talking about not allowing certain social media on a child's device. I am not the, the media guy, so I can't tell you all the, the, the neat little apps that you can have that can help. What I want to suggest is that you f- understand what parental controls are and you begin to identify what are the controls that we want to have. Have a conversation with your child. Have a conversation with your spouse. Figure out what it is that you want, defining those expectations, and then go into that parental control. One of the ways that I've done that at the home, many is my son is a gamer. He, He likes to play video games. Most of what he plays is some sporting games. And so he's got a game that his buddies can play with him. And they do that online. I don't understand that fully, but we we do is we we are the only ones allowed to okay who comes in and plays with them. Sure. And so my wife has done this much better than I. But one day he's my wife works from home, so she said I need to get him a headset. He's too loud, mm-hmm. and I don't want to hear everything that's going on. And so he got a headset, and that headset lasted about twenty minutes because <laughs> mm-hmm. he had that headset on and he yelled, "Shut up!" And my wife said, who are you talking to? And he said, well, you didn't hear what he said. And so he said, uh-huh. We will yes. now, right? Yes. We will now because there's no more of that. And so my point in saying that is that a lot of times why we do what we do with our kids, oftentimes we should ask ourselves, is this to help them or is this to help me? Right. Because a lot of times, if we're honest, we do things that help us, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to have to put up with you right now. Mm-hmm. Just take my phone, right? Right. Go play this game. Go check this out. Look at this YouTube. You know, the reality is we're going to have to take it somewhere and it's going to cost us a little bit, whether it's costing us our comfort. The other one is limit the use. We have got to take that phone away from our kids. There's so much social media use with their day-to-day activities in schools and then all of the social aspects of it post-school. You see the data and it says three hours and we're already over that. We can reduce that by taking 
this device away. One of the things that was interesting in the report was that they, 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 there was two small randomized controlled trials, and they did this with the youth. And one of them took social media use. They, they limited it to 30 minutes a day over three weeks. And that led to significant improvements in depression and depression severity by more than it lowered the depression score by more than 35 percent. Wow. Another randomized uh, a randomized controlled trial looked at social media and they shut it down for four weeks. And with the individuals that were a part of this, they improved their subjective well-being which is reported happiness, life satisfaction, depression, and anxiety by about 25 to 40%. This is the same. It's basically the same effect that we see in one-on-one counseling or group therapy. So the same parents who are griping about the cost of therapy can do it for free just by taking away the, those three, social media apps. Three simple weeks, right? Yeah. I mean, in, in, that is... Exponent. I mean, to, because you're right. We saw a surge in the need for mental health counselors post pandemic, and so what we what we saw is that we saw a lot of people, and they were just like, "Oh, my kids need to get in, get in to see a, a therapist, right? We need to get this person in because I'm really concerned about their behavior." The reality is, is what we're saying, and I'm not minimizing. Please hear me. I'm not minimizing the work of a therapist. I was a therapist in, in my prior life, and so I, I totally believe in the work that they do, and it's great. But what we're seeing is that you're getting similar results by simply shutting down the social media. It's eye-opening. Well, another thing we can do is look at and, and help our children understand what it is they need to share, right? Once you post yes. something, it's out there, and there's no taking it back. Right. Thank God that wasn't around when I was in middle school. And listen, it, it's so scary to think that, the things that we say and what we do can be out there and we can never get them back. So we really need to think about it, right? But I just told you the developmental mind of a child is not to the point to where they're predicting the future. They're not sure. able to predict into that and say, oh, if I do this, the consequence will come. Right. They're not able to do that. So they're not thinking about the things that they're doing. And also, it's more than what you post. It's oftentimes where you go. What right. sites are you going to? Mm-hmm. Right? There's algorithms there that are pushing content. I'm a man, I'm 45, I'm actually 46 years old, and I get on my Facebook account, because that's the only social media account I even understand, but I get on my my Facebook account, and I'll oftentimes get advertisements for for women's bathing suits, and I was very curious. I asked my wife, I said, have you been on my account? She says, no, and I said, why am I getting all these, these bathing suit advertisements, and there's a little icon at the top of those that you can click on and it'll literally say, why am I getting this ad? And you click on that and it says, Hey, there's an algorithm. You're a male 35 to 45 years of age. And that this is what, why you're getting this ad Mm -hmm. because people my age due to my profile, Mm -hmm. enjoy this content. Our children are getting the same thing. So it only takes us several children who are getting this content that continue to like it, that now all of a sudden the algorithm is like, well, we'll push it to all kids Mm -hmm. this age. And so uh, why I say that is that we need to know when we visit a site that that's oftentimes being said in our cookie. Yeah, it's being recorded, right? (laughs) That algorithm is, somebody's paying attention, right? And so we, whether we land there purposely or unintentionally, and and I believe that, that we end on sites. I've ended up on sites that I didn't mean to go to. 
and they weren't necessarily bad, but I think we all do it. We fat finger a key on the keyboard Mm -hmm. and we put something in wrong. I think the same is true of our children that they end up in sites, but that also, again, might be recorded. Therefore, more information that might not be appropriate for them could get pushed to their account. And then the last thing I would say is be the example. I mean, how many of these podcasts are in the same way? Just be the example because our kids are watching us all the time. And it is very difficult for you to tell a a child, don't do this when you're doing it. (laughs) It just, the, the congruency, the discrepancy in that is very hard for a child to understand, well, wait a minute. Well, why are you doing that? And if they're and if they're of age, they'll begin to ask you. Well, wait a minute. You do that, right? And so it's an opportunity for us, I think, to really set an example as to to how we're doing it. So if you're one of those parents that find yourself sitting on the bleachers at practice or at a game and you're reeling, just put it down. Yeah. Meet somebody next to you. Yeah, it is a great opportunity to meet someone new or just watch your kids. You know. To be able to interact with them after the game or the practice or whatever it was about what happened there is phenomenal. You and I both know the impact of being able to have those conversations with your kids. David, thanks so much for taking the time to share with us about this topic because it is so important to the health of our kids. Thank you so much for having me. And if you are just tuning in, you are listening to Talking Facts and you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.